Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Teacher Talk Tuesday. As always, I'm your host for today's podcast, Dr. Johnny Cruz Craig, and I am also the National Project Director for the DTEC Tech Program. This podcast serves to encourage teachers to express their educational experiences, research, and advocacy work. As we use this platform to inform, inspire, and develop communities of support, we start to look forward to the conversations that allow this exchange of ideas to happen. On this episode, we are sitting down with Isis Spann, an active DTEC change agent, instructional coach, and entrepreneur who has started her own digital platform for, for promoting fun in the fundamentals of education. Hi, Dr. Craig. Thank you so much for having me on today. Yes, you are more than welcome. Thank you for coming onto the podcast. I know you are extremely busy. <laughs> As I mentioned, Isis has, Isis has taken her educational methods to the digital space, starting a YouTube channel called Fun Demendals of Learning, as well as providing learning resources online through her social media feeds. Before we jump into the conversation, I must ask, what inspired you to go from the classroom to take your lesson plans digital? Right, right. So honestly, uh, when I was still in the classroom, I was producing content. And it started because my families just were very open and said, hey, I don't know how to teach my child how to read. And this is when I was um, teaching kindergarten. And they were just like, hey, I don't know how to teach them how to read. I don't know exactly what to do with the sight words. I don't know what to do with the math. So it's, it's not that I don't want them to complete it. I just don't know what to do. Um, so when they came to me pretty much with that, I started making videos when my kids would leave the classroom. And I would say, hey, this is my five tips on helping your child become a better reader. Or these are my five tips on helping them learn how to count to 100. So it started while I was still a classroom teacher. And then when I had my son and I decided not to go back into the classroom and I started Fundamentals of Learning, I was like, well, everybody is pretty much on Facebook. And that was my other frustration. Like they wouldn't show up to the parent-teacher conferences, but they would be on Facebook. I'm like, okay, well, since y'all on Facebook, <laughs> let me create this video and post it on Facebook so that you can see it. So when I started the business, I was like, well, I'm already doing it. So I will just continue doing it this way, but just add that business aspect to it. Gotcha. I love what you said, that you saw the need, you started producing the content before you lost it, left the classroom, but then you also said that you saw where your audience was hanging out. Right. You saw that the parents were not coming into the building or to the meetings, but they were hanging out on Facebook. So you took your platform there and just used that because you knew that they would start seeing that across that platform. That's I love the way you think. That's amazing. Love the way you think. Um, so now we know that we are living in a unprecedented time um, where your work is needed for so many parents and families nationwide. Like, it's like you were set up for this moment, honestly. I was thinking about everything, you know, your evolution and what you're doing. And I was like, you know, that was no mistake. That was definitely divine right. um, because you've been preparing and now you're equipped to carry this charge and lead families and um, st students and parents through this difficult time. So I just say kudos to you for being obedient. Right. 
Um, the COVID-19 pandemic has forced school districts and universities all across the country to push learning online in an effort to implement social distancing and to stop the spread of the virus. What are some tips that you can share to keep K-12 students engaged in learning at home? This can include scheduling, lessons, games, and I would even say nuggets of wisdom. Right, right. So first, what I told because when this all started happening, like I, I got text messages and all, you know, questions from my friends. And my first piece of advice was stop. Like, just stop. Just stop and just relax. Because like I told them, if something is wrong with the plane, right, if you're supposed to fly somewhere and something is wrong with the plane, the pilot doesn't come inside and tell you, hey, I need you to come outside and help me figure this out. Mm -hmm. So right now, everybody's trying to be a teacher everybody's trying to be a pilot that's not your lane stop <laughs> relax wait for some prescriptions wait for the resources and honestly i didn't start teaching until yesterday like my kids have been out of school since monday i didn't start teaching until yesterday because even as an educator i needed to process what was happening i needed to come up with a plan of okay how am i going to navigate my day build a business be there for my one and my three-year-olds and teach my eight-year-olds so just stop <laughs> if you have a schedule and play and i see all the schedules out there they're cute i even ma made a couple myself but realistically we didn't do a eight to nine breakfast and reading we didn't do a nine to ten math like realistically that's just not happening right now and i think what I, what I want parents and educators to know is that it is okay to not be as um, scheduled as we were before this happened. It's, it's okay. And when we think about lessons, I'm having a lot of conversations with parents now just telling them just because you have a third grader doesn't mean you should download third grade worksheets. So they want to know that your your child's grade level and your child's learning level are two different things. And if they don't understand that, there's going to be a level of frustration because you're expecting this child to complete work and to complete a packet based on their grade level, but they may not be there yet. So just, just take a couple of days to learn your kid. What is your kid like? What does your kid want to do when they grow up? What, who are their friends? Take a couple of days to learn those things and we'll get rocking and rolling next week <laughs> with, you know, tight schedules and lessons and all those other things. That's, that's my advice. That's really good. And you said a lot. I just want to unpack this a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, I love what you said about stopping and pausing first, because, you know, the first instinct for many people was not to stop and pause. It was like, what are we going to do? Panic get stuff in order and just started moving. Right. So that was real, that's lots of wisdom to stop, pause and wait because there is time needed to process. And I would say to parents, anybody that's listening now that may listen later in the, in the midst of any type of trauma or sudden change, take that time to process because if you misstep because you didn't take the time to process, you're wasting time anyway and causing more trauma and drama. Right. So I really like that. Um, you told them take the time to process, come up with a plan. Um, you said everybody's trying to be a teacher. You know, my philosophy is I believe everybody is an educator, but um, everybody might not be a teacher. But I think with trainings coming from you and so many other resources, some of the parents can 
they're, they're quick learners, so they could probably look at some things and find some ways to support the student. I don't know if they could lead them through a whole curriculum, but I think they could probably get ways to support them. Absolutely. Um, and then you basically said it's okay. You know, back to that stop and pause, just chill, just be still. That's really good because it's a lot happening really fast. Mm -hmm. So if you're trying to keep up with that and keep up with a whole new dynamic in your home, like you can, it's going to be an easy crash and burn if you don't get a good balance. So there are lots and lots of wisdom in this, Isa, lots of wisdom. And then you touched on the fact you said, know your child, learn them, know your child. And I think that is so critical. I think in the midst of this pandemic and this whatever is being allowed to happen in this realm right now, that many parents are realizing that they don't know their children. They know that child because that child has learned to come home and be a certain way in the evening or on the weekend or during breaks. But to be with them and be in a learning environment with them is totally different. Completely different. <laughs> and it leads to what you said about grade level and student level are not the same. My, 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 my. That right there. <laughs> It's so, 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 so important for parents to understand. And it's probably going to be a reality check for many because if they have not been involved in the matriculation, in the educational system with their child, they don't realize that the child may not be on grade level or that the deficiencies are really just that great. So I think it is so good that you are guiding and encouraging them to assess the students. Mm -hmm. Or even where they are and do not be ashamed because I tell people all the time my daughters are in third grade but when they go on Khan Academy they start in that first grade math because, mm -hmm. that, because their foundation is not as strong as I would like it to be but when they go to read they're in third grade but I allow them to read fifth grade material because they're there so don't yeah. be ashamed if you know if your kid needs to build on I don't I don't ever say a kid is struggling or failing I just say they need to build on their foundation Yes, that's good. I love the way you say that. And I love the fact that you know your, your children. You said they can read on a higher level, right? Fifth grade level, but their math may not be there. And that's so true for so many children because giftings come in such a large spectrum and they're, they all come together. You may be gifted in one subject and in another subject, you need a lot of support. So just because you're smarter, intelligent, and you know, in our communities, we all say, oh, you're so smart, you're so intelligent. But we have to keep in mind that that intelligence and that smartness show up differently in different ways. Oh, absolutely. Yes. So, absolutely. yeah. I thank you again for what you're doing for the families and the students and the parents during this most difficult time. Um, again, like I said, when we started, I believe that you have been equipped for this. Um, and you were definitely pulled through some, some hoops and some loops and some pain and some growth points to get to where you are now to be who you were called to be for such a time as this. So again, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, so now as an educational advocate, I'm gonna move on. You see, I get real passionate. I just stick with me. You both do. Stick with me, stick with me. As an educational advocate, you work diligently to break the labels of deficiency off of our students. How do you work to meet families where they are and encourage them to create environments where their students can succeed? Right. Yeah, I absolutely love this question. And it's so funny because right before all of this happened, I created a program called Meeting Where You Are. Uh -huh. And I actually was scheduled on March 9th to go to the T-Mobile call center here in Charleston, South Carolina, because I got so tired of hearing that 
parent, low income black parents. They don't care about education. They don't show up. They don't do this. They don't do that. So I was just like, you know what, God, I'm going to just create a program and I'm going to call it meeting where you are. And I'm going to go to where these parents work. Um, so like I said, I had met with the community organizer for T-Mobile. She was very excited and said, hey, of course you can come in. I was scheduled to go there um, from 12 to 3 and just set up a table at the call center with sight word resources, math resources, just everything. Um, excuse me. But then, you know, when the coronavirus and everything came up, of course, we had to cancel it. And... Um, and I just realized in that moment, okay, what are you going to do now? Because you can't go to the workplace, but what are you going to do? So I was like, okay, I'm going to just keep, keep my math morning videos going. And that's something that I decided that I was going to do just out of the necessity for math. Because um, here in South Carolina, you can find reading programs everywhere. You can find a reading camp. You can find a person that will come to your school and do a reading program, but math kind of always got put in everyone's back pocket and I saw the deficiencies with my own kids and I was like all right I need to help other families in math so that's why I started doing math mornings every morning on all of my social media platforms and then also just encouraging families to create libraries um, in their home and libraries can range from magazines to menus to books to um, literature about any topic but just having something in your home where your where your kids can go to and pick up something that they can read or that they can find numbers in, um, because a lot of times families don't have that. They don't have their home set up as a learning environment. And I was preaching that before before Corona, <laughs> like have your home set up as a learning environment. So those are the two things that you know that I do now to make sure that I'm helping and meeting families where they are. That's good. I really like the whole thing of setting your home up in a learning environment. Um, just really quickly, I think that's so, so, so funny because I came home, I was traveling one time and I came home and I came back into my dining room and there were sight words all around the dining room taped up on the wall. Wow. And um, my husband was like, what is this? And I was like, this is where the girl's mom has put their sight words. So when they come in and do homework, all that stuff is around them. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I love it because, you know, they know that learning is going to happen anywhere and everywhere. Right. Mm -hmm. So if we create that environment and we start putting into practices to shift those routines to be everything around learning, I think we could really, really, really exponentially accelerate our students processing skills and thinking. Yes. Uh, that's good. That's really good. I appreciate you for saying that. And you said a lot of other stuff in your question um, about the resources, why you're providing the resources you're providing, and how you shift it to support families in the midst of the um, um, pandemic, which is really good. Um, you're doing morning math videos, I heard, and you have that on all of your platforms. And then I've seen you actually put out some couple of digital resources as well. Right. Awesome. So now, how do you see yourself pushing fundamentals of learning forward in 2020 after seeing how quickly our country's education system can be solely reliant on digital education soon? Yeah, <laughs> this is funny. And I and it's so funny that every all of these questions are so in line to my meditation in the morning um, because I really, really just been saying that I'm going to be consistent and I know that there are a lot of organizations and there are a lot of groups 
right now because it's so new that are giving out tons of resources and tons of information. But I just know in my heart of hearts that it's going to be week three and mm. I could be one of the last ones still giving out content, still giving out right. information. And I kind of related it to like if somebody is to pass away, like we always showing up with the fried chicken and the cake and the soda and everything is rolling those first that first week that you, you know, bury a loved one or whatever. But then by week three, you're looking around and the text messages have stopped and all the other cards and everything has stopped rolling in. People stop checking in on you. And I just have made a promise, not only to families, but to God that I'm not going to be that resource. I'm not going to be that person all of 2020. As, as long as I'm given the opportunity to serve, I'm going to continuously serve. And I just see this phenomenon right now truly as a blessing to not only keep my word to the families, but to keep my word to God that I started this with the kids in mind that look like me. And it doesn't matter what's happening around me. I'm going to continue to be there for them because a lot of times they're out on their own and they're not going to ever be on their own as long as I'm able to provide educational content motivational content it doesn't really matter whatever i have been blessed to do that's what i'm going to do 2020 and beyond yes 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 to all of that that is amazing you said a word so so key consistent mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that is such a powerful word and it is so critical in truly living out our life's purpose right um, and I like the way you use the word consistent and then you took it and you use the analogy of life changing moments, tragic moments, such as a funeral when everybody's there that first week or two with the chickens and the, and the bread and the desserts and, you know, all the hugs and all the feels and, you know, just reaching out. But then that tapers off. So when I ask you the question, you basically, your mind is already saying, I'm going to be consistent. I'm not going to taper off after a couple of weeks after COVID-19 pandemic is in. I'm going to continue to feed these families, these students, these parents, my community, these resources, not because of any type of tragedy, but because this is what I said I was going to do and I'm going to live up to my promise. So you have a deeper rooted purpose oh, in all of this. So COVID-19 only really amplified to the world and amplifying to the world as to who ISIS Spain is and what ISIS Spain have been called to do. Wow. So again, you know, I'm getting off on my tangent. I'm gonna stop. I'm stop. <laughs> but I, I love the way you use those resource, you know, those analogies because it really makes it plain. Mm -hmm. And yeah, everybody is jumping on the bandwagon right now. Everybody had Google Docs going, got lists going, got graphics going. And eventually, once they see that this is for the long haul, some people may start to fall off and those that are called to it will be left with it and there'll be grace for it. So hang on in there. You said you will continuously serve and I know that you will and I know that everybody connected to you is so very grateful for what you do as a full-time mother, wife, and entrepreneur. You're continuing to serve and give. So keep going, keep going, keep going. Last question here. What have you seen DTEC tag doing that is aligned with your efforts to promote equity in education? Oh, goodness. First of all, <laughs> DTEC is what taught me about equity in education because um, I had been in the classroom, but I never really knew. And 
I never really saw, I, I didn't have the lens of equity. I was just the educator that was in the classroom, just doing the best that she could. But I didn't realize that there were systems put in place mm. for kids not to be successful that there were systems put in place for them not to be able to reach their full potential. And just with this platform that you guys have here with the Teacher Talk Tuesday, giving educators the, the opportunity to amplify their voices, to be in charge of the narrative, which you guys are doing with teaching teachers and families about the Every Student Succeeds Act. Like those are things that I'm learning from, but even though I'm serving, I'm still learning from what you guys are putting out because I don't know everything and I, and I, and I don't have all of the answers, but what I'm learning from you guys is that as long as I have somewhere I can send educators and families to, then I'll be okay. I'll do my part. I'll, I'll be in my lane but when it comes to answers that I may not know, then that's where you all come in. When it comes to making sure that education is really, truly a, a heart matter, you know, is what I learned just from being in this circle, then I can say to educators, hey, this is what you need to do for the families, or this is the person that you need to connect with if you want to know more about reading and what the continuum of reading should look like if you want to know more about equity and education like these are the individuals that you should be uh connected to and i think because i am a part of the community and i get to be in rooms with <laughs> awesome educators that are a part of this um community as well it just gives me it just gives me the fuel to keep going because I know that there are other educators out there that want students to be successful just as much as I do. That's the, thank you. That's really good. I like how you said, it's like you're like that liaison. You've been, you were connected to a space. That space empowered you. You learn, you have that space as a resource. So being out there actually is going to help other educators to see that there's that type of network available so that their mindsets can be shifted, their perspectives can be shifted to actually see through that lens of equity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So just another question here from that, whenever, what's that, what was that defining moment for you when that lens became clear, right? When you got that equity lens and you started looking through it, what was that one moment, if you can, if you have one, that defined that click, like, wow? Mm. Uh, surprisingly, it didn't come from student discrimination. It came from me being discriminated against. Mm. Um, and I don't tell a lot of people this story because I, 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 I don't like to, I don't want anyone to ever feel like I put all white people in one basket. Um, however, I was being attacked as a black educator for wanting to teach my students about black history. And I didn't only have black students in my class. I had all types of students in my class, but it was okay for me to teach President's Day, Abraham Lincoln, um, St. Patrick's Day. All, it was okay for me to teach everything else. But when I wanted to teach black history, I got called into the principal's office for like four weeks. Mm. And I had to explain myself i got called in by the, the social studies district person to explain why i was teaching black history and 
I was nine months pregnant. Mm. And it was just like, are you going to have your baby and come back into this school and work for people that don't appreciate you, don't value you, or are you going to do something and you and affect real change? And honestly, that's when I got my business license mm. um, because I was just like, I can't do this. If you don't value me as a 29 year old black woman, I know for sure you don't value this six year old black little boy and girl. And if I stay in the system and I stay confined to these walls and I stay with these 20 families, then I'm, I'm not doing what I know that I should be doing. So I made that decision that day that instead of impacting 20 families, I'm going to impact 20,000 families and I'm going to be black and I'm going to wear my earrings and I'm going to wear my dashikis and I'm going to be an example of what it looks like to be black and excellent for these kids. And I don't have to do it in the education system. Mm -hmm. So honestly, that was my defining moment when I felt, oh, not only felt, but when I knew that I wasn't valued as a black educator, I was there to, to check boxes for them. I was there to, to kind of be the person that did the discipline. They didn't really care if I taught my kids about where they came from and where they can go. That wasn't a part of their agenda. And I just couldn't be a part of that anymore. And you know, I have my, I have my, my degree in administration. I was going to go back and be a principal, but it, I, I, I couldn't do the system. I, I couldn't do it. Gotcha. Yeah, you know what? And I think your story does not stand alone. I think it's so many more stories out there that mirror your experience. It may look different, but it's the same thing, right? So, you know, in looking at all of that and you sharing that testimony, because that's a testimony because you were pressed and pushed. God made you so uncomfortable <laughs> that you had to go into your purpose for such a time as this. Look where you are now and look where we are now. Right, right. So yes, yes, he's amazing. I'm, I'm not, mm, Lord, my, my, my. So, okay, okay. Since we, oh God, this is good. Do you have any other resources coming through your platforms daily you can share um, how educators can access your resources and stay connected to you? Oh, yes, absolutely. So my my Facebook and my YouTube channel are under the same name, uh, Miss Spans Fundamentals of Learning. And then my Twitter and my Instagram are under fun underscore of learning um yeah but like i said i'm going to continue to do my uh, math morning so if they have a class and i know a lot of teachers are on zoom right now so if they they could actually stream the videos that i play if they want to stream it as a part of their morning meeting or a part of, a part of their math lesson um that's an option using my youtube i have over uh, 30 videos on YouTube that they can use to either share with families or share with their students. I'm creating um, a program for kindergarten math specifically um, that, that families and educators will be able to use as well. But definitely, if you keep up with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you will, you will be in the loop on what I have going on and what, um, and what, I, can, what I can do to serve. 
Okay. Well, I thank you so much for this awesome conversation. It was very enlightening, full of rich resources and strategies and knowledge. So I appreciate your time. So um, listeners, since we've kicked this off last year, we've touched on advocacy in action and teacher advocacy through educational endeavors in literacy acquisition, special education and mentorship, to name a few. For more discussions like this, visit our www.soundcloud.com forward slash DTEC change agent. While you're listening, leave us some feedback on our social media channels as well. On Twitter, it is at DTEC change agent. On Instagram, it's at DTEC underscore change underscore agent. And on Facebook, it's DTEC tag. So thank you so much, Isis, for your time and your insight in serving in this way for our communities. Uh, we look forward to further um, discussions with you and also to see everything that you continue to release as the creator you are for education and supporting families and students and communities in so many different and innovative ways. So thanks everyone for listening and we will see y'all next episode.